Welcome to a New Testament journey. We'll have our Bible reading followed by our devotional. Luke 13. Now there were some present at that time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. Jesus answered, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this way? I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. Were those 18 who died when the Tower of Siloam fell on them? Do you think they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard. And he went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, For three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should I use up the soil? Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year and I'll dig around it and fertilise it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, The synagogue leader said to the people, There are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. The Lord answered him, You hypocrites, doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie your ox or donkey from the stool and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? When he said this, All his opponents were humiliated, but the people were delighted with all the wonderful things he was doing. Then Jesus asked, What is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it to? It is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his garden. It grew and became a tree, and the birds perched in its branches. Again he asked, What shall I compare the kingdom of God to? It is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour, until it worked all through the dough. Then Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? He said to them, Make every effort to enter through the narrow door, because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, Sir, open the door for us. But he will answer, I don't know you or where you come from. Then you will say, We ate and drank with you, and you taught in our streets. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you come from. Away from me, all you evildoers. There will be weeping there and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves thrown out. 
People will come from east and west and north and south and will take their places at the feast in the kingdom of God. Indeed, there are those who are last who will be first and first who will be last. At that time, some Pharisees came to Jesus and said to him, Leave this place and go somewhere else. Herod wants to kill you. He replied, Go tell that fox, I will keep on driving out demons and healing people today and tomorrow, and on the third day I will reach my goal. In any case, I must press on today and tomorrow and the next day, for surely no prophet can die outside Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together, as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate. I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The Pharisees were happy to care for their animals and, just over in the next chapter, to have rich and delicious food made and served to them on a Sabbath. They were happy to enjoy the friends and the fruit of their elevated position on the Sabbath. Yet, on the Sabbath, they denied a wretched woman her first scrap of hope. That, in microcosm, is what Jesus despised about the kingdom the Pharisees ruled over. Jesus is undeniably clear on this. His kingdom is not like that. In Jesus' kingdom, any status, any authority, any riches are used like yeast to leaven dough. They grow like mustard trees so birds can perch on their branches. Jesus comes and embodies this kingdom. He puts his reputation to one side so he can heal a crippled woman. He stands up for the slandered. And he wants his people to do the same. I'm convicted by this. I realise how often I have, like those hypocrites, been delighted with visible virtue, but a bit too busy to show sacrificial service to someone smaller than me. I realise how often I have, like Jerusalem, been at the centre of all kinds of religious activity, and yet acted with very little compassion. Jesus invites me, and you, to change. He wants us to take whatever authority we have to gather together all the status we possess and pour them out on the last, the least and the lost. This might mean befriending the ugly, although it's probably best not to tell them that's your strategy. Or the long, hard slog of growing our own disciples instead of hopping off to enjoy the worship at the big established church next door. Or it might mean cooking a meal for a new mother, spending years investing in kids, or helping an immigrant fill out an official form. All of these may seem a bit narrow, a bit restrictive, but these kinds of actions are the fruit that Jesus looks for on the fig tree. These are the kinds of hidden and small actions that will become enormous and significant at the resurrection of the righteous. Living this kind of kingdom lifestyle may not sound as fun as just receiving, or you being you, or you chasing your dream. But in the end, it is Jesus' kingdom that will last and flourish and fill everything in every way. The other kingdom, you know, the self-centered, self-promoting one that loves to be seen, doesn't end that way. And Jesus weeps over all those who refuse to leave it behind. Here's a question for reflection. What authority or position do you hold? 
Who could you serve with it? We pray God's word bears fruit in your life. For all the information about the New Testament journey, head to www.anewtestamentjourney.net.